Welcome to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, a weekly broadcast sponsored by CVC Coaching, hosted each week by industry speaker, coach, author, and educator, Jerry Eisenhower. Our presentations are produced to assist business owners and managers in turning their business dreams into their business realities. And now, here's your host, Jerry Eisenhower. I want to thank you for joining me again here today at the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. You know, we do this show every single week, and we spread it across the Internet on Spreaker and on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And our whole purpose, our whole process is to bring you great, solid information, information that you can use, that you can put to use, and use in your own business. And what I try to do is bring on this show great guests that I've met, that I've interacted with, that I have listened to, and I have gained tremendous knowledge. And today I've got another one of those special guests. I met this guy a while back, and I started following, and I was privileged enough to attend a conference that he was part of in Las Vegas a few months ago. And from that point, I actually look at him today as a friend as a mentor, as a coach, and a person that I would go to if I needed advice and things that I deal with. So with that, my guest today is a guy by the name of Randy Pennington. And if you don't recognize that name, let me tell you something. In the world of speaking, Randy is one of the top guys. He's a member of, believe it or not, the Hall of Fame of speakers. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not something that's easy to attain. When you look at that role, it includes people like Zig Ziglar. This is the immortals of the speaking world that travel and their words are acknowledged by all types of people. And he, and by being in the position I'm in today, I'm able to intermingle and learn from these people. Randy is also an author. Uh, you can look him up and we'll post his website in our show notes and all that. But Randy is also does coaching. And here's the thing about Randy. Randy is a guy that we hear this buzzword today, but it's a really important word, which is culture. And Randy is an expert and probably one of the most noted authorities in the country and maybe even the world in the areas of culture and of change. And see, that's what we all got to look at. So, Randy, you're out there with me today? I'm here, Jerry. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate a lot, and I appreciate you taking your time out of your schedule, because I know how much you fly around the country and how much you're going from one place to another and helping your fellow man. And, you know, deep down inside, you make a living doing it, but at the same time, Randy, you've got this drive to help people get to where they're going. And that's what I admire about you in this, okay? So today in this podcast, Randy, I want to deal with some certain types of issues, okay? I'm going to ask you some questions, and then I'm going to let you take off and run with these questions, okay? So the first thing is here, and I got to ask this question. You've been involved in change. You've been involved in culture. You've been involved in a lot of things. But I want to ask you, why does the marketplace of today and every day and of the future, why, is it, why does the marketplace require change, Randy? What can you share well, with my audience? That's a great question, Jerry. Let me, let me offer it from two perspectives. And I'm going to start with your customers. Because the customers today, customers today are more demanding than they've ever been before. And one of the reasons they're more demanding is because they're more informed than they've ever been before. So if you think about when you go in to buy something or when you call up a, a, a service company to help you, whether it's in uh, the chimney or in the hearth business or, you know, I mean, my wife and I had somebody over to trim trees a couple of weeks back. And, you know, before we ever called them, we had already researched them. We already knew exactly what we needed to know. We knew everything that we needed to ask in order to to make a good buying decision. See, I think all of our customers are like that. If you think about when you when you go out and buy a car, I mean, you used to go to a car dealership and say, show me what you've got. Now people go to their car dealership and say, you know, I want this truck or this car 
I prefer it in one of these two colors. I want these three options on it. They have to be there. And so your customers are more informed than they've ever been before, which means from a selling standpoint, you have to change how you sell. Telling customers features that they already know, that's not going to make them buy from you. You need to be changing how you talk to your customers in order to be connecting with them. The second thing is they're more demanding because they're, you know, it, it, every one of us has competitors. I have competitors. You do. Everybody has competitors. And if they're tr truly a competitor, they're just about as good as you. So from, from the customer standpoint, customers are always going to be, they're not going to be any less demanding or less informed than they are today. Uh, so today is about, today is a slow or is is undemanding and as ill-informed as they're ever going to be that from now forward, that's today. Now, the other part is your competitors are all pretty good. And so you're, with your competitors being good, that means you have to continually change to be better. We focus on four words with our clients all the time. If you think about where you need to go to make it in the marketplace today, it's how do you do it faster? How do you do it better? How do you do it cheaper? And how do you do it friendlier? That's amazing. And you know, I'm going to ask you this because as you talked, two things came in my mind, Randy. One of them was that last night people were actually camped out to buy an iPhone 10 today, to be the first in line to buy a telephone, okay? The other thing that came into my mind was the story of Henry Ford, where Henry Ford's sales started lagging in the 30s, I believe, because he didn't offer a variety of colors. In Henry Ford's mind, man wanted basic transportation. He really didn't care about the color. So what would those two things tell you about the way technology moves information today and the way the business owner, because let's face it, Henry Ford's acknowledged as one of the best business minds of the 20th century, but yet he got stagnant in his own business. So how would you relate those two factors to what you're saying today as far as change and reinvention? Well, one of the things that I would go back to is, you know, Henry Ford said you can order you can order a Ford in any color you want as long as it's black. <clears throat> and um, he was thinking about it from an efficiency standpoint. Now, here's the challenge that all of us have from changing in business. The easiest way, the most efficient way, and also probably the most profitable if you can pull it off, is if you can offer one thing one way all the time that you can replicate it. So if you're offering a service out there, if you're offering a chimney service, if you can offer the same service the same way all the time, then, then that's a very profitable way to do business. Here's the challenge. Uh, people don't really care. Your customers don't really care about your profitability. And so what they're really wanting is, can you deal with my situation, my uniqueness, my difference? And so from, from, from the Ford example that you used, Jerry, the, the news there is uh, our customers have been trained. And part of it is technology. Our customers have been trained. They can have it their way. I mean, here's the way I think about it. If I can go to Burger King and have it my way, why can't I do that with your business? And if our customers have been trained through technology and as far as the iPhone thing, um, you know, there are, I, I think part of iPhone is technology, but I think a part of iPhone is there's a cool factor around an iPhone 10. I mean, iPhone 10s cost $1,000, $1,000 for a phone. If I've got, truthfully for me, I'm, you know, I'm one of those more functional guys. If I'm going to spend a thousand dollars for a phone, um, it better do much more than make calls for me. I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's got to do something really special. But the cool factor is the technology has created that buzz around the marketplace. There are early adopters out there. Now, when I think about that from uh, the you know the people that are listening to this, I don't know that there are early adopters in the in the chimney and hearth business. I I don't know that that's the case. But I think that to me is a much more functional business. But even in that functional business, people have learned that they want it their way. Um, a, a couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to speak with a guy who's um, 
it's a very cool interview. I'm going to be writing about it in the next few weeks. He he runs the virtual reality business for Intel. And one of the and I was asking him what's the future of virtual reality? Is it just gaming? And he said no. From a customer standpoint in the commercial world, you'll be able to go and experience something in virtual reality before you buy it which means you'll be able to walk around and look at if you're in the hearth business you'll be able to walk around and look at what that product's going to look like installed in your living room or family room if you're in the chimney business the idea of virtual reality imagine that you're you're going to be able to show your customer what's going on inside their chimney um, so that they can see why you need to make that repair or not make that report, not make that repair. That's going to create at some point a level of connection with you and a customer that differentiates you. And so technology, uh, technology will always require change. But the good news is, if we're thinking about how to use technology differently, then that that we can use technology to create a better buying experience for the customer. And that's really the whole key to this thing. Uh, you know, customers are, are asking three questions. Why you? Why now? What makes you relevant? And so if you can use technology to stand out from one of your competitors, that gives you a leg up in your business. And by the way, some of that technology can be easy things. Uh, for example, um, I had a guy that put in new countertops in my kitchen and he got ready to send me the invoice. He was in my kitchen and he said, can you go up to your computer? I just sent you an email with the invoice on it. He sent me an email with the invoice on it right from his, right from his smartphone sitting in my kitchen. Um, I mean, he didn't even have to print the paper for the invoice. I had to do it for the invoice that I was going to pay. Now, it's not a big deal. But think about all the, you know, how much does a sheet of paper cost? Then you think about all the different invoices that you do. He's using technology to be faster and to be cheaper in his in his business. Okay, so, and that's, in the service industry, that's what we call paperless. And yes, it is a definite way, but realistically, it's not to, quote, say paper, the reason for is to reduce duplication of efforts. It's part of lean studies. And a lot of the things that you're talking about, you know, that's what it goes into. I mean, I wrote an article last night for a trade journal. And in it, it was based on reinvention. And one of the things I brought out was it was less than 20 years ago that Steve Jobs walked onto a stage and all of a sudden picked a computer up that had no wire to it and introduced to the world wireless technology. And when we look what's going on, like you said, people are willing to spend $1,000 for a telephone. And it's a telephone. Now, it may have some features. In fact, it interested me. I went to look at it. It has face recognition, all that. But it's a telephone. It's, that's all it is. It's a telephone. It's got cameras. It's got features. It's got all this. But again, but in today's world, who doesn't have a digital device with them at all times? We all have it. So that's part of what you got to do is predict what's coming down the road. What's the customer thinking and what are they going to want next? And again, Henry Ford, well, you remember Henry Ford said, if I'd asked everybody what they wanted, they'd have told me a faster horse. Right. And, and that is the point. And I, I'm glad you brought that up is, um, the customer does your customer doesn't always know what they want next um, or what they need next. They may know what they want next, but they don't know what they need next and or what they'll buy next. Uh, the thing that Steve Jobs did, I think, as well as anybody, is he introduced a new way of communicating that no one had ever thought of. The thing that uh, you're right, Henry Ford said, they would have said, I want a faster horse. Um, you know, I, I think you always have to be looking at um, what's next from the customer standpoint, but also what's possible. Um, Jerry, you and I are old enough to remember the old TV show Wagon Train. Remember that show? Oh, yeah. To be on. Yeah. All right. So Wagon Train, I think that was the first time we ever saw uh, Clint Eastwood. I think he played Rowdy Yates in Wagon Train. Uh, but you know, th there were scouts on the wagon train, and the, and, and the purpose of the scout was to ride out ahead of the wagon train. Now, 
the wagon train has to keep moving. So think of it this way for your business. The wagon train is your trucks out there delivering what they're delivering every day. They have to be, they have to be efficient. They have to have great quality. They have to have great service. Now you got to have a scout out there. And if you're the owner of that business, that ideally is you. And it's why it's important for people to you know, listen to, listen to podcasts like this, engage you for what's going on in the business you know, listen to other people like, you know, me and our guys that we do stuff together on. But the purpose of the scout was to do two things. One is to find out where the hostels were so you didn't get attacked. And the second is to find the water, which is the next opportunity to, to be successful is find the water. So as a business owner today, you've got to keep your wagon train going, but you've always got to be looking out there on the horizon for where are the hostels where are the things that could derail you? What's going to happen? By the way, that could be uh, could be a competitor. It could be technology. It could be the EPA in some cases um, that have to do that. You have to be thinking ahead about that, and so you can react to it. And you've got to find your next water. You've got to find the thing that will set you apart, because your customers always going to be looking for what's next. You know, that water analogy is great because, you know, when you find that water, if you drink it all, you're going to run out. So you got to, and that's a great one to spot ahead. You know, you talk about our age and yeah, we're both, we're both uh, in our elder years. Let's just say that, Randy. And I'm sure you're like me. You can remember the first color television. Do you remember that, Randy? Uh, I do. I also remember my last black and white television. That's right. And I can remember when my computer was black and white screen. Then it went to a green, kind of a greenish screen. But here's the thing. That's in the past. And I think you've always got to remember where you've been. It's what I call looking in the rearview mirror. But you've got to look through that windshield of where you're going. And it goes down to that scout. And see, one of the problems is in the world of blue collar, and especially in the service industries I deal with, which is a lot of them are chimney companies. Many times the guy is sitting in the truck all day. It's hard to visualize this because he's running and running and running. And sometimes one of the things I have to tell him is, Coach, we got to stop and work on your strategy of where you're going. I got to paint this. You know, you paint your photo, and then we got to set a map or a GPS to get there. So, what I want to ask you is, Randy, if you look ahead into the future, and if you had this gigantic crystal ball, what do you say is going to set a successful business? I mean, one that is really seen as a top-level provider. What's going to set them apart in the future? What do they all do today to build to that? Where do their minds have to be? Where does their thinking be? Where's their strategy at for this, Randy? Well, the, the, the one thing is, first off, no one has a, a, a complete crystal ball. Except for this, you know things are going to be different in the future, period. You know things are going to be different. Uh, however they are today, they're going to be different. And so the one of the things that's going to set a business apart is the ability to see just over the horizon a little farther and a little uh, quicker than your competitor does. And then most, most important, to be able to react to that, to be able to respond to it quickly. Um, so, for example, um, you know, if you look at you know the color TV, I'm sure there's someone that said, you know what, the color TV, I don't know that it's going to last. I'm sure if you go back far enough, Jerry, uh, there were Wells, there were Pony Express riders in the old west who probably sat around the bar at night and said, you know, I don't think this telegraph thing's going to last. So you've got to get out of this thing of this mindset of the way it is is the way it is and realize first off it's going to change. And the best companies will look always be looking for the future. The second thing that best companies will do is they'll have a relentless focus on making customers successful. And that goes back to the customer mentality. The customer owns the marketplace today. Um, the days of you being able to dictate everything that you will do, I mean, you can do that, but just realize that your customers, your customers have a choice. And, you know, some, sometimes 
If it's a service business, that's another service company. If it's a product that you're selling, uh, then they can, I mean, anything that you can sell, Amazon can sell and probably will sell. So you, you have to have a relentless focus on the customer. Third thing that I think that sets you apart is that you have to have, you have to have a really good understanding of your numbers. Because the margins, if you think margins are going to be slim now, chances are your margins are going to be slimmer in the future. So you have to have a real good understanding of what your numbers are. And the fourth thing is you have to have everyone on your team that is absolutely committed and engaged and understanding what it takes to make the customer successful and make the business successful. We talk about that as culture, but if you think about culture, you break down this, that buzzword of culture, really it means you have everybody on your team doing what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it, the way it's supposed to be done. And you know, Randy, one of the neat things of being involved, and to let people know, I subscribe to a group that Randy, Larry Wingen, and Scott McCain are all sharing coaching duties with some of us. It's a pretty high-level group. But this is what I know. If I ask the questions, each of them will have possibly a differing point of view. Now, that doesn't mean that any of them is wrong. But what they're well, all... Larry's wrong. Larry's, yeah, Larry's wrong. Okay. If Larry listens, they're going to kick both of us, right? Well, you know, he'll, he'll talk about sweet drinking brown liquor. But what we got to do is, is understand. Sometimes we put up these walls and we can't see past them. We're set in our ways. And I think that's what I'm hearing Randy saying. You got to open up. You don't own your market. Your customer owns your market. And Randy and I had a conversation about this recently, a private conversation about my market and what do you do and how do you progress to the same point, to the goals you're going to. So Randy, if you, you know, if you were sitting one-on-one -on -one with one of our listeners, and I know you don't know in depth where they're at, but at the same time, what would you advise that the people who listen to this, what are they going to do with their business going forward to ensure that three, three years, two years, five years down the road, that business is going to flourish and it's not going to be an empty Kmart building? The first thing I would tell you, it's a great question, Jerry. Um, I mean, we do know that in the next three years, things are going to continue to change. Um, you know, we're um, we're one election cycle away from the EPA. If you're in the if you're in the chimney and hearth business, you know that the EPA has done things in the past uh, with regulation. We're one election cycle away. This could be a good thing or bad thing, just depending upon how you view it. But we're one election away from the EPA changing everything that, that goes on in the related to chimneys um, and emissions. And, and you're already seeing that. So the one thing that I would tell you to start is, first off, you have to have a really good knowledge and inventory of what you do well today and what needs work today. So you're thinking about where are the areas of your business that are everything is hitting on all cylinders. Where are the things that are not quite where you need them to be? Uh, and you know what they are. Every All of us know what they are. And so the first thing is I would get a really good inventory of, of where you are today. And I, Jerry, I know that's one of the things that you do in your coaching program with, with folks is help them get an inventory of where they are. I think that's critical. Nothing ever changes until we can tell ourselves the truth. And the truth is, is you, you are... You're, you have the results that you have because that's what you're geared up to have. I mean, you, you earn exactly where you are in the marketplace. So beyond that, I mean, I think if I were going to tell anyone to focus on, I, I would say um, where are the ways that you can be, I, I'll go back to those four words, where are the things that you can do better than your competitors? Where are the things that you can do faster because we know that the marketplace wants things today. Uh, there, there is an almost an on-demand marketplace. Where can you think? Where can you do 
be things cheaper, which improves your margin? And where can you be friendlier with that customer experience? So if you focus on those four words, faster, better, cheaper, friendlier, and look for opportunities in, you know, if you can find one thing that hits all four of those, do that. If you can find one thing that hits all three, three of the four, then do that one. But there ought to be at least one thing you can start thinking about in your business. And that would be the question I would tell people to ask every time they sit down and look back at their business. Where's the chance for us to be faster in how we do things? Now, faster means faster to the customer. Faster also means faster in how we do things internally, which then frees up your resources to be used more efficiently. Where can we be better? Where can we improve our quality? Where can we improve? So, you know, are you doing the certifications? Are you continuing with your training? Uh, where can we be cheaper in how we operate? And where can we be friendlier in creating that customer experience? By the way, works the same way with your employees. Your employees today, in many respects, are just like your customers. They have a choice. So all the things that you do with your customers, you have to start thinking, how do we create a better experience for employees as well? You know, Randy, one of the people that I admire, well, not the people, but the mindset, is a person who makes a dedicated decision to change. Because often, and I'm going to put myself in that category, and I even wrote a book about it, of the chaos in my life to reinvent myself in 2010 and coming forward, and the process that constantly goes on. But for a person that maybe have listened to this today, and has said, hey, there's my gold nugget. I, I see it now. I see it because Randy Pennington said some word that triggered my action. If that person's listening to us right now, or maybe it's a person that has got the gold nugget, they don't know how to go forward. Tell me, how do you tell them where to start that journey? I mean, it's like if I'm going to go on a vacation Hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna fill my tank up with gas. I'm gonna get to the airport on time. I'm gonna park my car. I got all this planned out. I know what time I need to be at that gate to get on that plane. So tell these people because their business is existing to bring them their desires, their what their wants in life are. How does this person start, Randy? Well, I, I want to go back and I, I want to get to that question. It's a great one, but I want to also you talk about reinvention. I have a little counterintuitive view on reinvention. And I know you've had programs on reinvention before. I think the only reason why you have to reinvent your reinvent your business is you stopped inventing to begin with. So if you look at businesses that have to reinvent, it's because they got stagnant. And so they didn't do anything until it was too late. And then they had to go reinvent themselves. On the other hand, if you look at great businesses, they continue to push the envelope on what they're doing. Netflix is a great example. Netflix disrupted Blockbuster by doing DVDs that you mail. But then, but then Netflix disrupted itself by moving from DVD to streaming. So, you know, one of the I, – I, I would go back to the very first place to start is you know look at your own business look at the things and be honest with yourself about where's an opportunity that i can make my customer experience better or i can be different than my competitor you have you have to be really clear on that um and and i, and I think the I think the challenge that most of us have, especially in smaller businesses, there are so many things that we could be doing that we fail to sit down and make a critical assessment of this is the one that's the highest impact. This is the one that will create the greatest leverage. This is the one that will address the more root causes than anything else. So, I mean, if I were going to tell somebody where to start, I mean, there's a thousand places to go. And, and you know, Jerry, you're a great coach of helping the, uh, helping people um, figure out of, of, of developing that action plan. 
but again, nothing ever changes until we get absolute clarity on both where we want to go, what the what the desired future looks like. If you've got three trucks, do you want to go to four? That's a it sounds like an easy decision. It's not. If you've got five employees, do you want to go to eight? Sounds like an easy decision. It's not. But you've got to really think first and get absolute clarity on where you want your business to go, absolute clarity on what your customers expect of you and how you can stand out in their heads. And then then I'll know. I mean, to, to use your analogy, Jerry, if I'm going to make an airplane, um, if I'm going to go get to the get to take a flight, I know that I have to be at the gate by this time, I have to be in the parking lot by this time, I have to leave my house by this time. That's all good, but the most important thing is, do I want to get on an airplane? And see, it all starts with that very first question. Where do you want to be and the clarity that you have around that? Uh, and until you get clear on that, then you won't you won't change. I mean, we all, and it's not, ba by the way, it's not based up upon just the knowledge that you should change. All of us have things in our life that we know we ought to do different. Uh, I ask audiences this, you've heard me ask this, Jerry, is uh, how many of you know you should eat healthier than you ate today? And every hand goes up. So it's not the knowledge that you need to change that's the hard part. We all know things that we need to do. It's that you have to get emotionally ready. You have, you have to decide emotionally at the core of who you are that you're willing to take that next step. And if you don't do that, all the knowledge in the world will be useless. Randy, I'm going to throw a word in there because it, it's kind of the message I tell people. And you talked a while ago, and it's like, I want to go from three trucks to four trucks or three trucks to six trucks or three trucks to 20, whatever. That's great. That's your desire. And we can do this. We can analyze the market. We know how many homeowners it takes to support certain size operations, analyzing it, using all the data points. We can come up with that answer. But I have an additional question that I ask them, and I want to know your opinion on this. When they tell me these things, I ask them a three-letter word. Why? Because I think that's vastly important of why. And, you know, when I've asked that why question, I get this look. And, I, and I'll go deeper. I said, is it because more money? Is it because you want a trophy on your wall to say, hey, I got 20 trucks, but you're starving to death to run those 20 trucks? Or you're not happy running those 20 trucks? Because one of the things is, if, you bring, if your business is not bringing you satisfaction, is it truly a success? So what do you think about that word, why, that I asked, Randy? Well, I think it's an important question. You know, I mean, yeah, if you think about going from three trucks to 20 trucks, that's a dramatically different kind of business. And, you know, if you want to grow that, if, if, if you like running that business, there's a lot of whys to do that. You know, you get to employ people, you get to help your community, you get to, uh, you know, if, if you can figure out a way to do it profitably, it could be that you like the challenge. There's a lot of whys to do that. Um, but to your point, um, there's there's a lot to be said. Instead of going from three to 20, let's go from three to five and be extremely profitable. That's it, because um, that's what we commonly see is we build trophies, but are they really producing us why we went there? And I think that's a deep question. Why do we do? Because there's got to be a satisfaction. I mean, you and I are talking on this right now, and I think we both, deep down inside, want everyone that's listening to this to walk away with tremendous value. That's what our goal is here today. And 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 I I think you know the why if you are, um, if you're especially if you're a business owner that started as a founder. I just was on the phone earlier today with two guys from Belgium, who started a little software company. Um, they started with 20 employees for a software company. 
they're now up to about 250 within about two and a half years, and they're probably going to go to 1,000 within another four years. Um, and if you ask them, why, are, why did you want to grow your business in that way? They're going to tell me something. I mean, their goal, quite honestly, is going to be to sell that business. They're trying to build it to scale it so that they can sell it and sell it to somebody who, can, who wants to run it. Um, and if that's their goal, God bless them, go do it. Um, but, you know, if you're thinking about your business, and I think about my business, uh, I used to be, a, I was a partner in a larger business than I'm in today. Uh, you know, we had a consulting company with you know, 20 people and eight consultants running all over the world. And, and you know, and, and what I decided was I did, I would much rather do the work that I do than manage people who do the work that I do. So I changed. Um because I, we could have gotten bigger or we would have gotten bought one of the two, but that's not the business I wanted to be in. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, if you're somebody who has a skill, I mean, I think it's really important that you figure out what's the trade-off between growing to build to get a trophy and then, on the other hand, having the life that you want um, whether it's that means profitability, it may mean more time with your family, it may mean more time, you know, volunteering in the community, whatever that might be. Uh, if you're not clear on what that is, then uh, the business uh, actually growing. If, if you're not clear on that, growing your business could actually be, be the worst thing you could do. Good, Monty. Are you on that, buddy? So let me ask you this as our closing thought, Randy. I have chimney service companies. Some of these people you've met. Uh, Great people. I right. love them. But here's what I'd ask you. I've told you a lot about them. You've had conversations with me. You know my approach to what I do. You basically, you guys know what my mission is and where I'm going to and what my plans are. So what would be the parting words of wisdom from Randy Pennington to tell someone how to go for what they dream, Randy? Well, that's a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if um, the, the thing I continue to go back to, and I go back to this in my own business, in my own life, is you are exactly where you've earned the right to be. You know, all the successes that you have in your life, you've earned the right to be there. All the failure that you've had in your life or the disappointments you've had in your life, you've earned the right to be there as well. Now, the real question for all of us is, is this where you want to be? Uh, because if that's, you know, whether it's a, the success of your business, the profitability of your business, the size of your business, the quality of your relationships, pick something. You know, if you're not where you want to be, just realize that uh, we all want things to be better in some area. Uh, and if we want things to be better, they have to be different. And if we want them to be different, that means we're going to have to change. I love it. Hey, I want to tell you, I, I will share with you, I just locked my next guest down for next week. He's uh, He lives down your neck of the woods. And a guy by the name of uh, Tom Ziegler. You know him? I do know Tom. Well, Tom's going to his dad, too. Oh, yeah. So Tom's going to be on with us next week. And he's going to talk about a challenge. And get this, Randy. One of the things I've asked him is to talk about what it's like to be the son of a Zig Ziegler. Of rise, you know, when your father is probably, you know, we all look up at Zig Ziglar, okay? He, I mean, it's like the wall of fame when you walk in his office of all the people that will think this documentaries have been made about of his greatness. So you think Tom will be a pretty good guest for me on that relationship? Don, Tom is a great guy, um, and I've known Tom for a long time. Uh, he's a great guy. He's got a lot of business smarts. 
and Tom actually helped run that business back even when Zig was still alive. Tom was very uh, integral in that business along with his sister. And that is, uh, that's going to be one of those things that you don't want to miss because when you think about it, um, one of the hard parts, especially in a family business, and I know a lot of people, Jerry, I think they're probably living, they're listening to you, uh, to, to your program, are in family, family-owned businesses. Making that shift to the next generation is one of the most difficult things to do. And, and I'll put it this way. If you can make that shift with when the business is based upon a legend like Zig, and if you can figure out that, that's going to be something that's going to help every single business. It is. So I'm really looking forward to that because we're going to deal with some challenges also uh, working together with family members. And, you know, here's a great, Randy, I'm going to tell you something. This is a great thing about guys like you, okay? You know, you know I'm certified by John Maxwell. I'll never have dinner with John Maxwell. I'll never have a drink with John Maxwell, I'm sure, like I could with Larry. And that's what I'm finding out as I get more and more involved. What I want to call very powerful mentors and coaches. You guys are real human beings. I know that if I send Randy Pennington a question, that Randy's going to answer it. He may be busy right now, but I know sooner or later I'll get that answer. So I want to thank you. So, guys, I want to – this was – go ahead, Randy. Yeah, I, I was going to say we appreciate it. Uh, that's one of the things when Larry and Scott and I created this Ultimate Business Summit. I know you've been there and you've been very great about uh, letting people know about the summit. Um, we want to do that. I mean, we all have our opportunities. Next week I'll be speaking to 1,400 people, uh, and, you know, I'll get to meet 12 of them maybe for 30 seconds each. But the things that we get to do with folks like you, Jerry, that really is the plus for us is to be able to, to talk to people about what's really going on in their business and in their life and, and provide some, hopefully provide some useful information. So we appreciate, we appreciate you for being a part of it. Let me ask you this, Randy. What was it like when y'all were t having that event in Las Vegas and we have what was called the Chimney Mafia there? And we had over, t you know, we had a large percentage of that room. What was your thinking of chimney sweeps at that point that were all sitting in your high-level conference? Well, first off, I mean, I, you know, if you're not around the chimney business much, you don't think about chimney sweeps. I mean, truthfully, if you, you know, I mean, you don't think about how thriving a business that is and how thriving a business that it can be. Uh, you know, and it's not that I think, well, why would anybody be in that business? But it's like a lot of things. You, you know, you look at it when, you know, when I, when I started in this business, uh, I'd worked in a hospital before and I had a leadership, a senior leadership position in a hospital. And, you know, my dad was a diesel truck mechanic. Um, and as I like to tell people, he had a real job all of his life, and what, unlike what I get to do for a living. And so when I called my dad and said, Dad, I'm going to start becoming a consultant, and later on it became, you know, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to become, start speaking more, and this, you know, he was like, what? And, and it wasn't that he didn't think that was a real job. It's just he, didn't, he never thought about that. He never thought that that was not something that was ever on his radar screen. So um, my appreciation and my understanding of the chimney industry and the chimney sweep business uh, has expanded dramatically since I, since I met all you guys in Vegas uh, because I, you know, I now I've started paying attention to it. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a great group of people. It's a great industry. You know, it's, you know, like I said, when I tell you my dad was a diesel truck mechanic, I grew up in a blue collar family. Yeah. And Randy, and, Randy, if you think that's weird, my daddy was a policeman. And one day I told him, Dad, I'm going to open my own business. Really? What are you going to do? I'm going to be a chimney sweep. And he looked at me and he said, what's that? Uh, <laughs> So, so, so uh, you know, so I, I've grown to really appreciate this industry. Uh, I hope I have uh, have an opportunity uh, to uh, to spend more time in it. Uh, so, if you know anybody that's looking looking to book the next speaker at the Chimney Sweep Conference, give me a call. I'd love to 
I'd love to come uh, come work with them. And you know, Randy, I would highly recommend you, and I hope maybe they'll look at you as a keynoter. Uh, you've got my recommendation. I'm sure Larry spoke there last year, and he would also hardly recommend you because that's what we do with each other. So, Randy, what I want to do is tell everybody how they can connect up with you, how they connect up with you on Facebook. And the neat thing about this, guys, is we have a – I'm going to tell them about the UBS Insider Group that they can join. doesn't cost them a dime, Randy, and what they get there. And tell them a little bit how to connect up with Randy Pennington because Randy does live videos – and it's all in how to get the information. So give me a way for people to connect up with you. All right. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna start with you mentioned the UBS Insider. UBS Insider. If you go to Facebook, there is a Facebook group called UBS Insider. And you ask to join that group. We ask you to join because we're trying to keep out people who are just there to spam you. So we, we monitor it pretty closely. But UBS Insider is absolutely free to you. And with UBS Insider, here's what you get. First off, you get access on the Facebook page, which means Larry Wingett, Scott McCain, and I are monitoring that page all the time. So when people ask us questions, we're try, we try to get back as quickly as we can. Also, at least one of us is doing a Facebook Live on that page every week. Now, right now, we're in sort of that one-a-week phase. We're probably after the first of the year start gearing that back up again. We needed to take a little break in the fall. But, uh, in fact, today I do one this afternoon, 2 p.m. Central. So if you want to jump on there quick, you can get on there and be a part of that uh, Facebook Live. The other thing that you get is you get access, you, you, you become part of our list, and you get access to uh, the idea shots. And idea shots videos are things that come out. It's Larry, Scott, and I taking on a topic 30 to 45 seconds each. Every other week, you get a video in your email box. So go to you at UBS Insider, and that absolutely helps. Now, if you want to connect with me, uh, if you go to Facebook, it's Randy Pennington. Uh, Randy, either you say the Randy Pennington fan page, you can find out everything that I do there. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Again, look for Randy Pennington. I'm a guy with a beard and glasses. I'm pretty easy to spot. Uh, the, the thing about LinkedIn is I post articles on LinkedIn on a really regular basis. Uh, I also contribute to the Huffington Post. So if you want to, you know, if you if you're a Huffington Post reader. Follow Randy Pennington on the Huffington Post. Uh, my website is Pennington Group, all one word, dot com. You can find out. You can find me more. The, uh, find out more about me there. Um, YouTube videos. There's a YouTube channel out there with my stuff on it. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, pick your channel that you like, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, uh, and then we try to keep the information out there and connecting with people at all times. But I really do think the UBS Insider, uh, if you're not taking advantage of that and you're a business owner today, uh, you're just making a mistake. And I'll agree with that because this is what you got to do. And, I want, you know, you've got to listen to the people. It's these little gold nuggets that just, that will really, it's not one big thing, folks. It's a series of little steps. Baby steps, some people call it. Sometimes it's like walking on glass. But this is what you get. The other side of this, you know, Randy, you interact with people on your lives, too. If you notice, you can send Randy questions. He'll interact. And you can even carry on the conversation with him during a live video. And, guys, it's like, like I said, I kind of catch him and try to catch others. And this is the wisdom that helps me. Randy, I'm going to put one more plug in for you, and that's your book. Your most recent one is Make Change Work. Make Change Work. But I'm going to ask you this, Randy. Of every book you ever wrote, and I asked Larry Wingett this last week, if someone was going to pick up one book that Randy wrote, would it be Make Change Work, or would it be another one that you've written? Uh, well, that's a great question. I don't know that I have an answer to that one. Uh, all three of my books, I think at the time I wrote them, they were the best book I'd ever written. So uh, Make Change Work, if your business is growing and trying to struggle with change, that's a good one. Uh, results Rule is a great one if you want to think about you know, how do you build a great culture. Uh, it's pretty accessible and easy book. Uh, on My Honor, I Will uh, is really about 
leadership and about how you build a business based on integrity. And, um, you know, all, I think all three of them, uh, like I said, at the time I wrote them, they were all the best book that I'd ever written. So uh, now I think, you know, I'm working on a new one right now, which I'll hopefully have out early next year. And um, that'll be the book I tell everybody's the best book I've ever written, I, I suspect, too. Well, every book you write, you always look to exceed the last one. But there's, you know, it's like the first one, that was the hardest one. After that, it gets easier and easier. But at the same time, it's all a matter of sitting down, your words, getting it there. So, Randy, I want to sincerely thank you for taking the time out of your day. You know, what we, what you sell is your time and being able to come in and help people that follow my show like this has been a phenomenal experience. It's been educational for me. I'm sorry I hit you with deep questions, okay? I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> that's how I am, Randy. We're around each other, you know? It's not, when Jerry asks a question, I, the question needs to be one that makes you think. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I don't mind that at all. I actually appreciate it. It's, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's one of those that, uh, I, I learned from, uh, I learned from the questions that get asked. So I appreciate, I appreciate the time. It's been a, it's been a great fun for me. That's great, man. So this is Jerry Eisner. This has been the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. Tune us in every single week. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Spreaker. It's whatever your avenue that you can connect with. Follow us. We release the middle of every week. Again, tune in next week. I'm going to have Tom Zingler on talking about the challenges of being the son of a very famous man and how he had to be his own man, and he is not Zig Ziglar Jr., and that's an admirable thing. And then we're going to have other great guests follow up behind that, so follow us up. So, again, this is Jerry Eisenhower. I really appreciate, it's an honor, it's a privilege, it truly is, to be able to share our ideas, our thoughts, our concepts with you. Go out. Our motto is we help our customers build their, you know, take their business dreams and turn them into their business realities. And that's my hope for you. And if I can help you, my name's Jerry Eisner, and I'm waiting for your call at any time if you'd like to talk. And a phone call to talk, folks. It don't cost you a dime. It's just get to know each other. So thank you once again, and we're out of here for this week, and look forward to joining you next week. Thanks for joining us here each week at the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, sponsored by CVC Coaching, providing you the coaching and educational outreach services you need to move to your dream destination in business and in life.